Hey, this is Kathleen, and it's time to magnetize the life you desire. Hello, and welcome to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life with Kathleen. I hope you guys are having an amazing day today. And I want to introduce you to somebody, Tanya Taylor. So she is the owner and creator of Tanya Taylor Hypnotherapy. And I have just been really impressed with the way that she does not only her hypnotherapy, but the whole process up to that. You know, I am very oriented to making sure that we have results, right? So having a solution-based approach to things. And that's something that those of you that listen to me and follow me know that I'm all about that because if there's something going on, we to solve it, right? Or figure out how we're going to deal with it so we can move on and raise our energy vibrations. And Tanya does just that and then incorporates hypnotherapy in it. So welcome, Tanya. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So can you tell us a little bit about what is it that you do? So Tanya Taylor Hypnotherapy, um, what kind of people do you help? Um, I help people with things like anxiety, insomnia, um, depression or low mood, panic attacks, things like irritable bowel syndrome or obsessive compulsive disorder. Oh, wow. That's a lot. So you cover, you can cover a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Every day um, varies greatly from people who have suffered a great trauma to somebody who is, is just coming to see me because they want to build their confidence around public speaking, for example. Wow. So when they come to you, into your office, or let's mention that with the amazingness of technology, you can do this via video with anybody in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I see people from all over the world via Zoom. That is really awesome. Um, so what is, just tell us, walk us through maybe if somebody comes in and they have, let's use anxiety about public speaking. Just kind of what kind of things do you guys talk about? Or I know every specific person is going to be different, but. For the very first session is a bit of information gathering. So I'll find out a little bit more about you, your experiences. And we'll also look at what your best hopes are for the session. And that's where the solution focus side of things come on. because often. When somebody comes to see a therapist, they'll say that they're coming to see you because they don't, if we're talking about public speaking, maybe they don't want to get nervous anymore. They don't want to get anxious and run to the loo 10 times before they were about to speak, you know, Um, and that's very much focusing on the problem. So my role is to help them focus on what they do want instead. So if you weren't running to the loo 10 times, what would you be doing? And if you were speaking publicly in just the way you wanted to speak, run through that with me, what would that look like? And then we've got a goal that we can work towards. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk about in that very first session, Um, about how the brain works in relation to us using behaviors that are unhelpful but we carry on anyway Um, we look at why the brain does that what's going on physically and then what we can do to help make our brains a little bit stronger that rational part of our brain the intellectual part of our brain to make that stronger so that when the fear kicks in 
you are able, the rational part of you is able to say, you know, this is not a life or death situation. Yeah. You can save this and this is how you're going to do it. Um, subsequent sessions then, we work towards that goal of being exactly what you want to be. And we look at achievable steps to get there. And instead of me telling my client, you know, right, this week you're going to go away and do this, that and the other. Mm-hmm. And them going, well, I've already tried those things. Or I don't want to do that. Instead, what we look at is I help guide my clients to come up with their own solutions. So, for example, somebody who comes with public speaking might say, well, I'd really, really like to um, take that first step by recording a video of myself. That would help me. We'll say, okay, well, when could you record a video of yourself? Might say, well, maybe I could do that on Monday. Okay, what time on Monday? And we'll set that goal in motion, that little step forward, that achievable step forward. And each session, we progress and go, further and further up a scale of not to 10 until they reach that goal of 10. Mm-hmm. And at the end of each session, we use hypnotherapy to consolidate the learning to help the person process the information that we've discussed during our session, help them to relax, learn relaxation, breathing techniques, etc., so that they're much more likely to go ahead and feel more confident and take the steps that they've said they want to take. So, but you then go into hypnotherapy. So then that person, whether they're in the comfort of their own home, because you're doing it via Zoom, or they're in your office, they will lay down. I mean, do they, do they really like just lay down? Um, so some people, it, when I use Zoom, some people do it in their living rooms, their lounge, okay. and they might sit on a chair like I am now and just kind of fly back. Other people, their phone or their computer in their bedrooms. Here, I've got a bed over there. I've got a chair with a footstool. So it's whatever is most comfortable. And, and that's the most important thing is for my clients to be really comfortable. And um, yeah, go on. Sorry. So what do you think about so if they're laying down, you've discussed everything as I mean, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, that's like a counselor, right? It's like a, a therapist or a counselor. And then from there, when they go and lay down and do the hypnotherapy, are you then discussing those types of things? Are you digging into those things that you guys just went over? Or are you going back into their past some, meaning asking them questions about how did they get there? Um, no, the type of hypnotherapy I do is solution focused. So okay. we're always ahead to the future. Okay. So when I get somebody on on the bed or in in trance, then what we'll be looking at is first of all, I use something called progressive muscle relaxation just to help relax all of the different muscles in the body, and then I'll use something else that we call a deepener, and a deepener will really help somebody to get into a really deep relaxed state so you might have heard when you talk about hypnotherapy maybe somebody walking down some steps um that's just one deepener technique like in their mind like walking down steps in their mind okay got it um and i'll create visual imagery so um one that i particularly like is 
imagining that you can see a ragdoll on the beach and it's a beautiful day. That ragdoll is laid there in the sunshine, the head shaded by palm trees and they're just feeling so relaxed and just imagine you're feeling that relaxed and just imagine how wonderfully relaxing that would feel if you were lay on a beach and really helping you to get into that relaxed and comfortable state of mind and that helps us to talk to the subconscious part of your mind about doing things around building your confidence and we might use positive affirmations to build your confidence we might also use metaphors and stories so for some people um let's take people who bite the nails and don't want to bite the nails anymore okay. that might be that they've had for years and years and years and I have a lovely story that I will regularly use about elephants in Africa that are walking along this dusty road um, and somebody sees them and notices that they could break free at any time they've just got a very tiny thin rope tied to the leg and yet they're not breaking free and so that villager asks the person that's looking after the elephants what's happening why are the elephants being so obedient and the villager explains that they've done this since they were very very tiny and so the elephants believe that they're still stuck on that same path and they don't break free from that path and the person who's come to visit knows that if the elephant just took one single step they could break free they could go and enjoy the lakes and grass around them and what that does is in our minds it helps our mind subconsciously and consciously to become aware of oh do you know what I could maybe break free from the path of biting my nails and maybe I could stop biting my nails and so instead of using very direct you will stop biting your nails what we're doing is using indirect metaphors and language that's going to help you to come up with that yourself, which means you're much more likely to go ahead and do it. Yeah, and that's a great metaphor. So let's all think about that because in your subconscious mind, we're thinking that we can't do something and we know that by retraining our conscious mind, I mean, that's been proven, we can break three. Um, So everything's absolutely limitless in this world. And the way that you put it with that elephant and the thing tied around, yeah, I mean, how big is an elephant? I mean, what can they not break, right? They may be a huge chain, but if they've got a little rope around them, they can just, like, take off. In the subconscious mind, I think people, when when they're trained as being younger, right, this is something that we always do, always do. So even if you take it out of biting the nails and you know that, that's not, that's not my problem, right? I don't bite my nails, but I'm very anxious a lot and I get nervous. You know, I'm overwhelmed. I think overwhelm is huge in this world today. And I, I am getting somewhere with my little, where I'm going, but you know, being overwhelmed, I feel like social media has made almost everybody to a place where they don't think they're getting overwhelmed, but they are. And therefore, their subconscious mind is always getting all of this. They're being bombarded with stuff, right? Like they're being bombarded. And they're not realizing they're, they're absorbing these things. So when they start getting stressed, or maybe it makes them bite their nails more and put their fingers in their mouth, or maybe it does make them more nervous on stage because they're more aware of what's going on in the world, 
or, you know, but by doing what you're doing and actually asking those questions so that they answer them themselves, that's absolutely huge. So I don't think that people realize that social media makes an absolutely huge impact on our lives, right? I mean, people are being bombarded with all of this stuff. And so their subconscious mind is absorbing all of this information and they probably don't even realize it. And they wonder why they're getting more anxious than they used to or more fearful of things or more overwhelmed because overwhelm is huge today. Do you find that that is a core of a lot of people's issues? Maybe not so much they think it's social media, right? I mean, there's a million reasons, but that overwhelm is a huge part of people's issues these days, That meaning they lead to bigger problems. Definitely. So I think... The majority of my clients will be using the behaviors they don't want to use because they are feeling overwhelmed. And when we get overwhelmed, mm-hmm. the part of our brain that controls our fight or flight, um, that starts to give us chemicals that are, are stressors like cortisol and adrenaline. And so we start to get physical responses like heart palpitations and maybe we start getting sweaty. Our breathing might become really fast. Um, And so then we've got to try and respond to that. The brain is there thinking this is a, a life or death situation. We've got to run away or we've got to fight. But actually, all that's happening is maybe you've seen something on your social media that has created a bit of overwhelm. Maybe you've found one that I get quite frequently is people find out through social media being invited to a social event. So they feel really overwhelmed by the fact that, well, why wasn't I invited? What's wrong with me? And that spirals then into lots of negative thinking and then negative forecasting of the future as well. Yeah. So that can also lead into the way that you're treating your family, say, or the way that you're treating your friends or the way you're reacting to certain situations because of, I say a basic overwhelm. There's really nothing basic about overwhelm. However, what you try to do is find where the core of that issue is coming in so that you can have a solution based approach to it and find out what's really deeper than just, okay, I've got a million things that are wrong right now in my life. Right. So, so people may not just come to you because there's one specific thing. It just could be because I would think in my, you know, with with what I do and when I'm talking to people, it's it's a lot of, uh, there's a million things that are going wrong in my life right now. And that's the way they really feel is that there's so many things. And so you help decipher that out. I use something, a lovely little drawing that I call the control panel. And I kind of say in now that you've got a box and there's big and little spots, dots all over the place. And they're all changes that you're coping with every single day. And then you've got this control bar. And if your control bar is low and you're not coping so well right now, you've still got some big and little spots under there that you're coping with, challenges that you are, even though you feel like you're not, you are coping with. And then you've got all these other challenges that you're not coping with right now. And what we'll do is we'll maybe find that big spot there and we'll think, right, 
what would be different if you can with that and we'll work towards raising that control bar so that you are coping with that and then there's lots of little dots that we've not even chatted about but because you are coping so much better suddenly that filters out into all of the other millions of problems that you've got and you're coping so much better with them as well. So what you're saying is those little dots represent all of the overwhelm and all of the things that you think are wrong, right? Because that's negative, which is what we're programmed to be, right? Most of, I mean, as humans, we're programmed to look at what could go wrong first, what as we grow up, right? Because when we're born, we're not programmed that way. But we get that from the outside world. We start absorbing all this negativity. And then that's like the elephant. We're still doing the same thing because we figure it's the way to go. So with those dots, what you're saying is, okay, so all those dots on top of that bar are the ones, the millions of things. And then the ones underneath it are the ones that we are already coping with. Yeah. Yeah. And what we want to do is raise that bar all the way to the top so that we're coping with everything. And coping with it on a way that we see that all those little dots are really just as they are. They're little dots. They're not any huge thing that we yeah. need to give all of our attention to because there are things in people's lives that are huge. So we're not trying to downplay that by any measure. However, there are always a lot of little things that probably don't need our attention that much. Yeah, and once we can control the bigger things, those little things tend to just fall into place and we realize. So, for example, somebody, a client might say, oh, do you know what? I can do this now. I'm really, really pleased. I did this the other day. It was amazing and I felt so great. And I'll get the control bar out and say, this is incredible. So now this control bar has gone up for you. and you'll see it filtering into different parts of your life. And then they'll start saying, oh, well, do you know what? The other day I was doing this as well and I would have never have done that before, but I didn't even think about it. I just did it. And that's what we want to see. We want to see people building in confidence, building in their self-value and self-worth and recognizing that they do have the ability to achieve all the things they want to achieve it's just sometimes you need a little helping hand to get there. And I like the way that you approach this. I like the way that you approach it with not, I mean, them, no, number one, a solution base, but number two, also having them put their input in because then they're truly changing their subconscious mind. Because I talk about that sometimes with mantras, right? So uh, you can say a mantra over and over and over again, but if it's a generic mantra and it doesn't really mean anything to you, the chances of that changing the way your subconscious mind is thinking is very slim, right? That's so, right. So you are actually programming something for them that is customized to them, which is which is really, really important. Okay, we're going to go to a quick song break. And then I'd like to come back and talk about things that you can help people with and maybe some thoughts and ideas and maybe something that people can start doing on their own right now to see how how much of an improvement they can even start to make, right? Because any little step is a huge step in the right direction. So, all right, you guys, we will be right back after this song and we'll see you in a sec. Welcome back to Manifesting Magic in Your Everyday Life. I have Tanya Taylor here from Tanya Taylor Hypnotherapy. I mean, it, there's so many awesome things that she does, but you know what? You can like even do this over Zoom. So she is located in the United Kingdom. Where are you located 
Um, I'm I'm not too far away from Manchester. Okay, but it doesn't matter if you are not over there or don't live there. You can still use her services right here and wherever you are listening, because I know everybody can listen from all over the world at SaintAugustineRadio.com. We will put these links in the description of the podcast when we replay it, and also you will have seen these links on the live radio show graphic before the show. You deal with people that have anxiety. Um, they might have sleep difficulties. They might just be in in a low mood, which I like to call the funk, or depressed. Now, what about people that may have grief? They may have really gone through something and they're really grieving and they're not sure how to deal with it. Is that something that solution-based hypnotherapy can help with? Yes, yeah. I help a lot of people with grief. And I think it also helps that I used it with my own grief. Um, my stepmom died of cancer age 50 two years ago. So it's something I've used myself to help me cope with kind of losing somebody I was so close to. Um, but that in itself always makes you feel even more connected with other people that are grieving and being able to support them to come to terms with that grief and to cope better with that grief. We're never going to get rid of grief, you know, part of who we are, but we can learn to live with it in a way that it's not going to impact on our everyday lives. Yeah, you'll never lose that grief, but learning to cope with it is key. But also, so many people that I speak with that are going through some really uh, grieving, some of them are just, you can't even imagine, right? But they would like to be able to live the rest of their life being happy and having goals. So is that something else that by incorporating hypnotherapy side of it, you can kind of go into that subconscious mind or you can go into that person's subconscious mind where they're doing it themselves and get to that next level where they might feel more joy about life, more excitement, more hope. Like I would say, never underestimate the power of hope. I mean, if they can just have a twinge of hope that, that their life can actually be something after something like that's horrible that happens. Is that something hypnotherapy can help with? Absolutely. And you really hit a chord there hope is mm -hmm. one of the most important things with any type of therapy so we look at what the best hopes for that person are and again we identify okay at the end of our sessions what would your best hopes be what would that look like for you and sometimes initially that can be really really difficult especially if you're in the throes of bereavement but that's what my job is to help my kind of come up with well do you know what this would be something I'd be able to do maybe I would be about to work maybe I'll be able to leave the house again and maybe I'll be able to go to that wedding next summer that I've been invited to that right now I don't feel like I can go to and we'll again step by step work up to that based on the best hopes of the client and the solutions that are right for that person so for them the very first session um, they might go away thinking well the thing that they want to do this week is get up and have a shower and that would make them feel better this week if, yeah. if maybe three days out of seven they got up and they had a shower 
and we take it small steps at a time. For somebody else, they might already be functioning in that way. Maybe they've turned to alcohol because of the grief and they're using alcohol to cope. And what they want to do is take control of that alcohol. Um, and so for them, they might have decided, well, actually, this week, what I'm going to do is uh, instead of having two bottles of wine on Friday, I'm going to have a bottle and a half of wine. And that will make me feel like I'm getting more in control. So many times with whether it be grief or anxiety or overwhelm, depression, low mood, people may not want to leave their home. I think that is one of the most amazing things with technology that people can actually get help from home. That might be a huge step for some people, but a step in the right direction, right? To just let somebody that you trust in and open up. So how long have you been doing this? Um, I've been doing it since February 2017. That's when I first began. So a few years now. And what kind of training did you take? Um, I have a first class honours degree in psychology. And I have two diplomas in solution focus, hypnotherapy and psychotherapy as well. So in total, it's been four years. What made you want to do this? Like what drew you? What was your passion for wanting to do this kind of work? Well, it's interesting, actually. Um, Growing up, I always wanted to be a counsellor. And... Then at school, you know, when you see your careers advisor, they told me I had a counsellor because I was too young. So I scrapped the idea and I, I still went and did my psychology, but I decided, no, what I'd actually like to do is um, one day become a doctor in psychology. But at the time, finances were tight. I wasn't able to continue with my studies. Mm-hmm. So I started working with people living with dementia for a national charity called the Alzheimer's Society. And I worked with them at the point of diagnosis a little bit. If you've ever heard of a Macmillan nurse, that if you get a diagnosis of cancer, you'll have a nurse who kind of follows you through that journey. Mm-hmm. Um, my role was to follow um, people diagnosed with dementia through their journey and support the family with advice and information. And as years progressed, spent 10 years to my way up in the organisation and got to a point of, I still love my job, but now that I'm managing, I, I was managing over 100 people when I left. And when I was in that position, I'd, I'd stopped helping people on a one-to-one basis and I really, really missed that. Right. And, uh, that's when I went back to study the hypnotherapy and psychotherapy diplomas. Um, and I, I'd kind of, my idea was that I would do it as a part-time thing around my current job, just something to keep me helping people, keeping me feeling good because yeah. that's, that's why I, I love helping people. It makes me feel great being able to help other people. And then I got to um, November 2017 and I had a huge waiting list. And 
And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to have to bite the and I'm going to have to quit this other job that I really love and do this one that I love even more because this is what is driving me. This is where my passion is right now. Wow. Yeah, that is a way to get there. And you knew that you like to help people one-on-one. And I can relate to that because you think it's great to kind of work your way up in something. But then when you get in sometimes in more administrative positions, it kind of takes away, even though, you know, you are still helping people, but it takes away from that one-on-one contact with people. And I talk about raising energy vibrations. Sometimes that's what people are fed by, right? So by you being able to help people, it really motivates you to keep going and help more people. And then in turn, everybody that you're helping is helping other people too, because they're learning new things. Um, can you give us a couple of tips or maybe something that we can do if we're either in a funk or feeling really down right now or overwhelmed? I mean, what are some tips that we can have that we can maybe start implementing right now before we get in touch with you and, and maybe get some help on a deeper level? Okay, so um, the first thing I would say is just begin to notice. You don't have to do anything about it, but just begin to notice when you're talking negatively to yourself. And what we find when we start to pay attention is actually we talk negatively to ourselves quite frequently. So just beginning to notice when that's happening. And that might take a week or so. It might take longer and that's absolutely okay. But once you are able to begin to notice, even if it's not right away, then another thing you can do is you can write down what you know to be true. So, for example, if you've got a meeting coming up and what you're doing is you're negatively forecasting that meeting. So you're constantly going, oh, gosh, what if this happens? And what if such a body says that and what if my face goes bright red or what if I can't speak then instead writing down what you know to be true and what you know to be true is actually that that meeting you've been to it before you know it generally goes well Mm -hmm. um know that if you don't know the answer to something you can say you can get back to somebody and when you have that written down when those negative thoughts start coming, you can have a look when you recognize those negative thoughts are there. You can have a look and read what you know to be true. And this can really, really help you in preparing and not overanalyzing and becoming overwhelmed mm-hmm. with like that meeting. There's other things you can do as well. You know, you might not have a meeting coming up. Um, you might want to do something as simple as. Um, sticking a a sticky note or a post-it note on your mirror that says something nice that you can say to yourself the first the first thing every morning or maybe every time you look in that mirror you see that post-it note and it might be you're looking fabulous today or it could be be kind to yourself today you know just something but it's really really important that like you were saying before about mantras, that it's not something generic. It's something that's from you, that you've decided is right for you. And little things like that. Mm -hmm. The 
final tip I would give is at the end of each day, write down three things that have been good for you that day. They don't have to be major things. They can be that you looked out of your window and there was a bird hopping along the fence or that today the suns were shining for a change or um, maybe you were able to have a good chat with a friend on the phone or maybe you had a nice breakfast. You know, little everyday things and Every time we do that, every time we write down those things and we recognize the things that make us feel good, we're actually exercising a part of our brain called the left prefrontal cortex. And that brain is the part of our brain that helps us to be more positive. It helps us to cope better with challenging situations. So just like if you went to hospital and you broke your leg, and the physio told you to start exercising that leg, you go away and exercise it. When it's our brain, we put it to the bottom of the priority, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. Exercise and try and do that every day just to give yourself that little kickstart on getting you to a place where you can cope better. And those are where little steps go a long way. Uh, I know, you know, we are, we're aligned, you and I, um, and I knew that the first time we talked, you and I, you know, I have a book called The 30 Day Self-Perception Makeover. And one thing that we obviously, which is huge in there, because your self-perception is what you think and feel about yourself, is how much we criticize ourselves every day without even thinking about it. It's just, even we can even be in a conversation with somebody else. And I like to talk about like things like when somebody compliments you on, oh, I love your shirt. They, they, they just say thank you. Thank you. But what typically comes to people's mind is, oh, this, yeah, I just threw it on this morning. And or oh my gosh, like this isn't my favorite, it's not my favorite color. So it automatically goes to negative, right? And so by reminding ourselves every single day that there's, there, we're amazing and also catching ourselves when we say something negative about ourselves and it takes conscious effort. I mean, this is work. Um, this is not something you just snap your fingers at and change your life. Even if they come to you and you know how to do the solution base and you can do the hypnotherapy, they still have some work to do on their own. And, but that's what makes us realize that we're getting somewhere because we know we've done this work and we're proud of ourselves for doing it. And recognizing those small things. So I gave my, all my listeners a challenge at the beginning of the year. It was January 2nd, I believe, um, because it was on the air. And it was right after the new year. And actually, I think we talked about it the week before. Was every single night, write something down that happened that day. Whether it, I mean, something good that happened. Write, write it down. And the reason why I challenged them to do that is because at the end of every year, when people say to you, oh, so what happened this year? Nine times out of 10, you either think of what was really bad that happened, or maybe there was a wedding or a birth, right? But typically, it's the not the good things that happened. And so even if it is, just like you said, seeing that bird walk across the fence, oh my gosh, like I would we're not going to remember that if we don't write it down. And even those little things, we talk about raising energy vibrations, then we, we begin 
to think about, oh my gosh, I do remember that day when I looked out the window and it was so nice to see that bird or that I got a call from a friend. So I would highly recommend all of you listening to take these tips that Tanya gave you and, and start working on them because then you'll see how when you can dig deeper with the things that you do with working with people, how they really can change. Because if you're making those little shifts and they're starting to change your life, imagine if you dug in even deeper to actually get to the subconscious level of changing this so it's changed for good in your life. Right? So you do have a Facebook group. And what is the name of your Facebook group? It's called Calm Your Mind. Um, so, yeah, if you search for Calm Your Mind, what, what you get in that group is I do a free hypnotherapy every Sunday. Um, that's 8.30 p.m. UK time. Um, but I believe it's 2.30 time in the afternoon over there in Florida. Yes. Um, so in that group, I'll go live. I tend to give little tips about managing anxiety. But I also do a free hypnotherapy session. And in that group at the minute, there's a six-month program. So you can see what each week will help with. And you, if, if those times are not convenient for you, I do leave the recordings in there so that you can listen at time convenient for okay. you. And they're all dated. They're all labeled. So you can see which one is more aligned with you and what's going on in your life at the moment. We always recommend with hypnotherapy that you try and find one that really fits your mood, your hopes, your desires, and that you listen to that every night as you're going to sleep. Okay. And what that does, it improves the REM, the rapid eye movement quality of your sleep, which what's happening when we're in REM is we're processing different emotional events from the day so if we're not having a good quality REM sleep sometimes that process isn't happening and our stress buckets can get full and full and full and end up being overflowing so hmm. we want to improve the quality of that REM sleep if if I gave you an example of maybe you um go shopping and somebody bumps into you in the shop and maybe starts shouting at you and you kind of you go home you talk to your friend and kind of say you you won't believe what just happened and maybe your friend will say you know calm down it's yeah. not the end of the world you don't know that person but you go to sleep that night and it's still in your head and you're still thinking about it you're still angry and frustrated about it but if you have a good night's sleep, a good quality REM part of your sleep, the next day you're able to reflect on it and go, yeah, I don't know why I let myself get so angry and upset about that. And so that's what hypnotherapy helps with. It helps that process of all those emotional memories and events that have happened that day, that week, that haven't been processed yet. And it moves them and files them away to different parts of the brain. So it's on them from a different perspective. So that's very interesting to me. So it's almost like if you don't, if you're the type of person that doesn't get a good REM sleep, 
that can really contribute to your overwhelm and anxiety because you've not been able to actually, when they say, have you, you know, you're not processing that. That's another way to process it. Yeah. Yeah. So people who have a lot of difficulties sleeping tend to be the people who are experiencing higher levels of stress and anxiety. Um, For people, for some people, Um, they might be sleeping too much as well. And that's when we end up having low energy levels. We feel really, really tired all the time. And often that's because we've had too much REM sleep. So we can go one way or the other. Um, But if we have too much REM sleep, quite often it's not a good quality REM sleep. So we're forcing this REM. And the brain, when we're in this REM part of our sleeping pattern, is more active than it is at any time of the day or night. You could be doing the most complex maths exam and it still wouldn't be as active as it is during REM sleep. So it's exhausting, but it only makes up for 20% of our sleeping pattern. So we get it. We want really good quality REM sleep and we want just the right amount of sleep, which is about six to eight hours every night. So in six to eight hours, how much REM sleep are we, should we be getting optimally? Um, Generally, it will always be around 20% of your sleep cycle. So each sleep cycle lasts about 40 minutes and we'll keep cycling through that. If we have interrupted sleep, that's when that REM might be interrupted. You said how many minutes is each cycle? 40 minutes. 40 minutes is each cycle. And if REM sleep is 20% of, say, you sleep for six hours. So how many, that's um, not very many minutes, really, of REM sleep. So, so I know I know we were going to um, get, get ready to go, but I have a quick question. The, so how much, uh, like when does the REM sleep happen? in your cycle it can happen at varying times so one cycle you might go first into light sleep then you can go into deep sleep and then REM sleep and then back to light sleep again sometimes you can go to light sleep REM sleep then deep sleep and it kind of it varies but there's a lot of things you can do to help your sleep to make sure that you get a good quality sleep and that's things like Um, having a a routine for sleep so having a similar time that you go to bed every night having a similar time that you wake up every morning and then your body gets into that cycle of it knows when this is meant to happen there's also things you can do like not going on electronics before bed okay yeah so because what happens is there's a certain chemical in the body that is produced as we're in the run-up to bedtime. And there are some technology devices that contain something called a blue light. Not that we can see the blue light, but there's there's this (laughs) techno gadget that sends out this blue light and it stops the production of melatonin. And then we don't feel like we can go to sleep when we're meant to go to sleep because it only starts being produced after we put that electronical device down. So it's it's simple yet 
difficult for some people yeah exercises that we can do like putting down that technology picking up a book instead yeah so those of you that are listening that st- that go to bed at all different times i realize there's some people that have jobs and that's maybe part of their cycle and it, i know it's not easy to break that cycle if you've got a job you have to do however getting as close to that same bedtime and it's and it doesn't matter how tired you are in the morning. If you've gone to bed at the time you typically go to bed and you've got, you're tracked in six to eight hours, whatever works best for you, then make yourself get up and not turn off that alarm and not, yeah, turn off the alarm and go back to sleep because then you end up, I call it overtired. And I have definitely felt that way before. It's almost like I've gotten so much sleep that I'm really tired. Like I'm tired. Like, like maybe I should call it oversleep. Or over, yeah. I don't know, but that makes total sense to me. And I am very fascinated with the whole way that the brain works and sleep, and the fact that you explained to us how it's kind of like an emptying out overnight on our REM sleep. If we actually do get into that sleep like we should, then we won't in turn be as overwhelmed, as depressed, as anxious in our waking life. In our way awake life. So thank you so so much. Okay, so I will put the link to the Facebook group in here, and we will also have your website. If anybody has any questions, you can send them directly to Tanya. You can send them to me, and I can get them to her. Whatever it is, but we all can use some calm your mind, <laughs> like the Facebook is called, and also the hypnotherapy. It's a real thing, people, and it really does help. It helps retrain our subconscious mind. And the thing about doing something unique and specific and customized, like what you do one-on-one, is that it is actually that. It is unique and customized to you and your individual situation. And you have pricing and all of that stuff on your website. So that's all there. But thank you, Tanya, so much for being here. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to hearing some more about what you're doing and keeping in touch. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for listening, everybody. I really appreciate it. Hopeful Handbags has collaborated with the Moms and Business Association. If you would like to grow your business and get involved in helping women all over the world, please contact me at hopefulhandbags.org. That's hopeful, H-O-P-E-F-U-L-L or KathleenMiner.com. And you too can give hope.